Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of All Keyed Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, Amazon Prime, HBO Max, Disney Plus, and you know the rest. I'm your host Greg Dietz, and with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Well, um, my week's been pretty good until the past 36 hours and when it just progressively got shittier and shittier. I'm sick for the first time in over four fucking years. Ugh. It sucks. Uh, my kid went back to school for the first time since March of 2020 when the pandemic first started. And I'm sorry, schools are just fucking Petri dishes of fucking oh. sick. And she got, she brought home a head cold and she had it last week and the first part of this week. And now here it is. I've got it. And it sucks. Yeah. Other than that, the week's been really good. Uh, I binged watched the shit out of Cobra Kai season five, which I know you have no interest in, but I binge watched it and loved every fucking moment of it. It was fantastic. Highly recommend that for everybody out there who's not checked out Cobra Kai. Check it out. <clears throat> I'm very much in the very small minority that does not enjoy that show. Yeah, yeah, and that's okay, you know. Uh, I tried to watch Thor Love and Thunder. Well, I did watch Thor Love and Thunder, and I didn't care for it. I didn't care for it, it's, which sucks because I've tried and tried to get into Taika Waititi's stuff. And just something about his brand of humor, it just doesn't land for me, and it just is off-putting, and I can't do it. It's, and it sucks because I love Thor. Thor is one of my favorite heroes. And Thor 2 is my favorite Thor movie. <laughs> Love it. And I know I'm in the minority on that. Yeah. Uh, you know, because that's a lot of people's least favorite Thor movie. Which, it's really funny because a lot of people didn't like Love and Thunder for completely different reasons than you. Um, and, like, their biggest... The biggest complaint that I always hear about Love and Thunder from these same people is, like... Oh, it's it's they're making a joke of Thor, some to that effect. And I'm like, the comics made a joke of Thor quite a bit, but sure, go ahead and say that. Um, suddenly, suddenly, people are just like, man, uh, Dark World was like the best Thor movie. And I'm like, y'all change your fucking your 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 tone real quick when you don't when you don't like the new one, the new thing. Because before that, you didn't hear a single person say that. Like, when Ragnarok came out, not a single person said, well, I mean, maybe not a single person, but not very many people on the internet said that that Dark World was our favorite Thor movie. Yeah, there are very few people other than me that'll say that. Well, I, you know, you say that for the same reasons that I understand it, and that's that Thor, the Dark World, is the closest to the comics that you can get. Yeah. Although, I did enjoy the the mighty thor stuff you know and I, I didn't flat out hate love and thunder i actually prefer it a little bit over ragnarok i thought you um, would i genuinely <clears throat> thought you would but that doesn't mean i actually like it like it like loved it or anything um i just the parts that i found good were the stuff involving him and jane and her being the mighty thor 
And the fact that every time she used the power, when she would revert back to human, she was that much closer to death because it was essentially undoing her chemo treatments and causing her cancer to get progressively worse, like in the comics. Uh, I'm just sad that she only lasted one movie. Spoiler alert, yeah. she dies. Yeah. You know, well, as Thor is what I mean. Well, I was, I'm even saying well on that too, because first off, we know Marvel comics. We know we've read them growing up consistently. They'll find a way to bring the character back. They don't. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and, even and, and then there her, was the. You know, I think the her her character arc was what a little over a year, like a year, sixteen months. I think it was. She was the Mighty Thor before they killed her. In the movie. No, in the comics. Oh, yeah, in the comics, yeah. I was like, the movie, it was like, what, a week? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, um, yeah, picked up the new Fallout uh, RPG. Um, uh, like, you know, similar to D&D, except it's set in the Fallout universe, the Fallout video game universe. I'm very excited to delve into that and see what it's all about, and maybe we can play that sometime soon. Um, you know, of course, played D&D, our weekly sessions this week, had a great time. Oh, my goodness, did we laugh and laugh and laugh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's good. It's fun so far. Other than me coming down with a head cold, uh, no, it's not COVID. I don't have a fever. I don't have a cough. Uh, you know, I'm congested. I'm a little stuffy. Uh, but it's not a cough. It's not in my chest. It's not in, you know, I didn't sleep great the past few nights, but eh, I could be worse. Yeah. So it's, a, it's an annoyance. It's an annoyance. But it could be much worse. How's your week been? Uh, it's been fine. I mean, I know I've said this already, but like, I, I need to. My boss sucks. My, my new job is just it's it's not good for a lot of reasons. But um, so when I have days off, I'm all excited about them. Uh, my folks and I watched um, what movie was that? It just came out. Uh, I think I messaged you about it. What the fuck was it? Why can I not remember the name of the movie that we watched? I can't uh, think of it either, and you messaged me. Yeah. Um, I'm scrolling through our messages because... Uh, wow, I genuinely don't remember. I know... I know Morbius came to Netflix. Yeah, I tried to watch it. I made it about two seconds in. I said, nah, fuck this. Literally, two seconds. I was like, no, nah, I can't. I can't. I got to the part where you mentioned how you hated the stream screaming goats, and I knew you were going to. Uh, yeah, that's terrible that I just, I'm just drawing a blank on the movie. I mean, that tells you how fucking forgettable it was moonfall that's what it was moonfall jeez louise so how do i describe moonfall to anyone who hasn't seen it have you seen a roland emmerich uh disaster movie oh yeah yeah that um there's Where a the lot moon of moon is literally falling 
Yeah, so the moon is. Oh, I don't. I. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for anyone else to see it because it's a. You know, it just came to streaming and it's. It was just left there just a couple months ago, so I'll, I'll hold off on spoiling it. But what I will say about it is that it is like you have to suspend your disbelief. The same stuff that you watch when it comes to Armageddon or Impact or yeah, like like just like just throw that out. Just enjoy it for what it is, which is like. If Fast and the Furious was a disaster movie, that's how I'll put it. So um, I really enjoy Armageddon, actually. Uh, the problem that I had though was in the before we started watching it, I had suggested it, and I put I put it on the TV like just the screen before hitting play, and my dad goes, "I've seen this movie," and I was like, "How?" It literally just came to streaming like two days ago. And he goes, I don't know, but I've seen it. And I was like, Dad, it was in theaters exclusively two months prior to it coming to, I think, uh, Peacock. I don't remember what service. It might have been HBO Max. Peacock? Um, and he goes, I don't know. It just seems super familiar. I guess I did. <clears throat> and I was like, you haven't seen this movie. I 100% assure you have not seen this movie. Like, okay. Mom comes into the living room after like getting something to eat or whatever. And she goes... Um, I start playing the movie, and she's like, "I've seen this. I've watched it." <laughs> and I'm like, "You haven't." I was like, "Did you did you watch a disaster flick where the moon is crashing into the Earth two days ago?" And she goes, "No." And I was like, "Then you haven't seen this movie." Well, how do you know? Because it came to streaming services two days ago. And uh, she was like, "Are you sure?" I'm like, "Mom, I'm 100 positive." This movie just came out. And she goes, All right. I mean, I I, I could have sworn that it was that I had seen it. And I was like, You haven't seen it. So we start watching it. We're about 15 minutes in, and both of them go, Oh, we haven't seen this one. We thought it was a different movie. Clearly. I'm glad you clarified though. Appreciate that. So that was that was that. But um, no, the past few days have just been me like catching up on on critical role listening to that podcast because i was behind like a few episodes yeah and just kind of relaxing and and not doing much i mean yeah we did D D monday and tuesday which was fun um but uh oh oh i'm sorry a ah, little sleepy um and then today uh, as of recording this the new season of fall guys came out and if you if, if you're a longtime fan of the podcast, you know that I love Fall Guys, so I'm super happy that it's got new content. Uh, yeah, we were actually playing for a couple hours before we recorded. Yep. And I'll uh, be getting food and then hopping right the fuck back on later. Uh, but uh, but yeah, so that's that. Um, nothing nothing substantial this week. But anyway, um, so uh, we got, you know, you know, we got what we're going to talk about because we've been talking about it for the past couple weeks. Uh, <clears throat> I gotta remember the actual number of the episodes. The third uh, episode of the Lord of the Rings: Rings of Power. Yep. Uh, the fourth episode of House of the Dragon, and yep. the fifth episode of She-Hulk: Attorney at Law. Yep. And we're gonna go in order of release. So we're gonna start with Rings of Power. Yeah. Uh, this episode was titled Adar. Uh. And the synopsis here on the old Wikipedia is Galadriel and Halbrand are picked up by a ship captained by Elendil, 
who takes them to Numenor, the island kingdom ruled by men. Relations between the island and the elves have grown strained, and Queen Regent Muriel denies Galadriel's request for a ship back to Middle-earth. Galadriel visits Numenor's, uh, Numenor's Hall of Lore with Elendil and discovers that the Mark of Sauron is actually a map of the Southlands where a new realm for evil, so- evil forces is planned. She also learns that Halbrand, who is imprisoned after fighting some Numenorian, Numenorian, Numenorians, Numenorians, yeah, there we go, Numenorians. <laughs> Took me a minute, but I got it, Numenorians. See? Fuck you is the king of the Southlands. As the Harfoots prepare for their seasonal migration, the stranger is revealed while trying to read some star maps. He comes with them as they migrate, pushing Nori's wagon since her injured father is unable to. A Rondir has been captured by orcs and taken to a construction camp, digging underground passages so orcs can travel during the day. His elven compatriots have also been captured and are killed during an escape attempt. Arondir is taken to the leader of the orcs, Adar, which they speculate to be one of the names of Sauron. Uh, Who speculated that? Because (laughs) nobody speculated that. I think that was just added into the synopsis there. That really was. That really, really was. Where are you getting your synopsis from, just out of curiosity? Wikipedia. Oh, my God. Why are they so awful? I don't Um, know. Yeah, I, I would say for the most part, like the most memorable aspects of this episode were um, um, Rodrigo like figuring out that it was a map. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Like the stuff with the uh, other guy that, like the human that was with her on the boat. Elendil. Oh, Halbrand. 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 And him like dealing with the assholes in Namenor. Yeah. Like I was like, I was like, that's eh, all right. Like that's, it was fine. But like the part at the end with the uh, with the with our, our our elf that got captured, and him trying to fucking escape with the other elves, I was like, "This is this is dope." Here's something that this synopsis didn't even mention. Elendil, the captain of the ship that picks up Galadriel and Halbrand, turns out he's got a pair of children. Well, actually, a trio of children, but we only see the pair. But a brother is mentioned. But one of them is Isildur, which is very important. Um, if Lord of the Rings fans will remember Isildur and the Fellowship of the Ring at the beginning, he was the person who actually cut the one ring from Sauron's hand and kept the ring for himself when... Uh, when... What's his name? Uh, Jesus Elrond. <laughs> Elrond was telling Elrond, Elrond was telling him to throw it into the volcano, and he kept it for himself. Isildur did. Ah, okay. And then well, when he was the same as Isildur, <clears throat> yes. Because isn't that a man? Like, how does he live that long? Because of the ring, huh? Yeah. <clears throat> And when uh, when Elrond is telling Gandalf, he was like, I was there 3,000 years ago when the ring was supposed to be destroyed and Isildur kept it for himself. You know, we're essentially 
at the end of the second age, and this is getting ready to birth the third age, I'm assuming, is how yeah. this is set up. That's what, I, that's what I've gathered as well. <clears throat> but yeah, so we're introduced to a Isildur. Um, you know, uh, somebody brought up something, and I can't remember if it was you that brought it up or if it was Mark that brought it up, but like, we're focused on this one supposed wizard that a lot of people theorize that could be Gandalf. You think it could be Radagast, but there were five different shots showing five different uh, distinct locations of the meteor, for lack of a better term. I don't think they were different. I don't think they were the, the, the five wizards that fell. I don't think that's what that yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is either. But it is something to mention that uh, there is a theory out there that it was five different locations, and we only see one of them actually make landfall. Uh, but it could be all five wizards are here. And, you know, who knows? Uh, there's a lot to speculate about because yes, while this is drawing from uh, things from the Silmarillion. Uh, the Cimmerillion is not what this is being uh, adapted from. This is being adapted as a prequel to the movies. Right. Uh, so, yes, there is lore they can pull from, but there's also liberties that they can take. So, it's cool to theorize and, you know, wonder what's coming next. Um, because from my knowledge and reading up on entries about Sauron, Adar was never a fucking uh, one of the named aliases of Sauron. Right. <clears throat> so, you know, it's there's a lot of things out there that you can go and check out. But the episode itself was really fucking good. Yeah, it's 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 really solid. Like I enjoy it more than I thought I was going to. Um I'm just like I wasn't really super invested in in uh, the one elf who has a skin color that pisses off an entire group of the fan base because they're stupid and racist. Oh, um, a Rondir? A Rondir, I was like, I can't remember the name. I, I didn't want to say the black elf, because that just feels wrong, but um, yeah, uh, he, uh, like what's going on with him was so much more interesting this episode than, uh, previously like him dealing with the, the, in, the, the caverns and stuff like that. I thought, oh, he's just kind of a side character to let us know like how that's going down. And then we get this situation. I was like, okay, we're far more fo focused on him than we were far more focused. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm way more invested in him than I was previously. Is my point. Yeah, and somebody you know I can't remember who it was. It may have been Screen Crush with Ryan Airy. Uh, he's got a video talking about how the Southlands is what eventually becomes Mordor. So it's like we're seeing the early stages of Mordor being created in this concentration camp type thing, this construction camp that he's imprisoned in. 
because you saw when he got to the top and he was looking around, it was very desolate and bleak looking. Yeah. Like they have fucked it up. Think how Isengard was looking when Saruman was fucking it up and having the orcs and the Urukai fucking just ravage the landscape and cut down all the trees and similar to that. Yeah. I think also this episode though. What's that? No dwarves this episode. No, I was a little disappointed in that. Oh, I was gonna say also somebody posted online and made me laugh that um, a bunch of people are are irritated that this show isn't following um, Tolkien's uh, like vision or whatever. <laughs> Someone goes, "We watched an entire scene where a elf was like crying over a tree that was about to get cut. If that isn't the most fucking Tolkien thing that there is, I don't know what is Tolkien." Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. So, right, let's go ahead and go ahead and give a grade to it, and then. Uh... Oh, I, I give this episode a solid A. It is very well structured, very well done. Um, it keeps me wanting more, and I can't wait until the next episode. Uh, you know, the the acting is wonderful. The cinematography is just gorgeous. Uh, you know, this this series is getting high marks for me so far, and so far they've uh, not given me a reason not to. Uh, but yeah, I'm fucking digging it. What about you? Uh, yeah, no, it's a solid A. Like, I look forward to this more than I do, um, which we'll talk about next. Uh, House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon. Um, and I think, you know, like, both are fantasy-based, which is why I kind of put them in the same same camp but you know i think one of the reasons is is that this story is telling something more fascinating than previous than than like the 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 than the other fantasy show that we're watching weekly so yeah i i i I, like i'm really interested to see what happens to um again i'm not gonna remember his name the elf aaron deer aaron deer um, I'm really interested, like, because Gladriel and Elrond are two characters that we know pretty well. Um, they're at, they're there at the end of everything that happens with, uh, you know, the one ring and, um, from the beginning of it to the end of it. And, uh, their story is fucking interesting. I really hope this next episode we get Elrond with, um, it's our elf name. Oh, the dwarf Durin. Durin, thank you. Because I fucking Durin's fantastic, so we need more of that. But um, but yeah, uh yeah, A. It's an A. Hell yeah. Um so next is House of Dragon, as we were kind of mentioning. Yeah, House of the Dragon episode four, King of the Narrow Sea is the episode title. Uh Another time jump. Uh, as we saw in episode three, um, Lady Alicent was extremely pregnant with the second child, and her first child, uh, it was his second birthday during the whole King's Hunt thing. Um, now in this episode, she's not pregnant, and they allude that another year has passed. Uh, so... 
essentially from the start of this show to where it picked up to this episode has spanned almost four years, uh, which is crazy. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it opens up with Rhaenyra at Storm's End where she meets and rejects countless suitors. She returns to King's Landing just as Prince Damon arrives from the Stepstones on his dragon, Caraxes. Damon says he was named King of the Narrow Sea, but swears allegiance to King Viserys and gives the king his crown. As the reunited brothers celebrate at a feast, Queen Alicent confides her loneliness to Rhaenyra, who misses their friendship. Late at night, Rhaenyra, disguised as a page boy, sneaks out with Damon to explore King's Landing. They drink, attend a bawdy play, and visit a brothel where Damon seduces a willing Rhaenyra, but abandons her before they have sex. Returning to the Red Keep, Rhaenyra seduces Sir Criston. A spy informs Sir Otto about Damon and Rhaenyra's exploits. Alicent, overhearing Sir Otto telling the king, privately questions Rhaenyra, who denies having had sex with Damon. The king angrily confronts Damon, who seemingly confirms the accusations and proposes that he wed Rhaenyra. Viserys claims Damon only wants the marriage to gain the crown, then exiles his brother back to the Vale. To avoid scandal, Viserys orders Rhaenyra to marry Sir Laenor Valerion. The king dismisses Sir Otto as his hand at Rhaenyra's insistence, feeling that Otto has manipulated him for personal gain. The king has Grand Maester Melos give Rhaenyra a precautionary tea, which, you know, he, he says will cause any unwanted consequences to go away. So he's basically a brooder abortion potion. Uh, but yeah, that's that's the synopsis, the rundown for pretty much everything that went on in this episode. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, that scene with Damon and Rhaenyra in the brothel making out was ew. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I kind of, I said to my dad, I was like, well, it wouldn't be, uh, um, wouldn't be uh, Game of Thrones without a little bit of incest. Yeah, yeah. And he was just like, "There's incest," because he didn't. He has never watched the other series, so. Oh, he's never watched the original. Okay. No. Yeah, I was telling you right before we recorded. I saw this great fucking meme, the one from Leo Leo DiCaprio, uh, where he's. You said it was from The Wolf of Wall Street, where he's sitting in the chair and he's got a beer and a cigarette in his hand. And he's pointing at the TV like he recognizes something. I saw a meme that they had photoshopped Jamie Lannister's head onto his body. Uh, and it says Jamie Lannister watching episode four of House of the Dragon, and I was like, "Oh, that's great!" Uh, yeah. Um, no, I, this episode was far more interesting than the past three to me. I think it had like it had more kind of intrigue in a way than I had previous than than the show had previously shown us. Um, Especially when it came to the intricacies of the family dynamic of royalty in that in the, in this particular thing, and um, it, it was it was nice to see uh, uh, what's her name. It was Renair's best friend. Now the the king's wife, Alicent. Alicent. It was nice to see Alicent take on more of a power role, if you will. Yeah. Um. Like. I'm I'm also really enjoying the time hopping because or the fast forwarding through time because uh 
there are a lot of moments in Game of Thrones that happen so fast and back to back that it just wouldn't feel right. Um, like I think one of the things that we have talked about with with Game of Thrones in the past is how people get from this city to this city in the span of a couple days when it would take like a week, maybe more. Um, but this show doesn't have to worry about that because it it just it just moves forward, it just goes. So I'm I'm a big fan of that. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Like I, this this episode really had me like way more than the past ones. I don't need to see King Viserys naked having sex anymore. With all those nasty spots of infection, the pus oozing out, and this fucking. He needs to stop sitting on that throne. It's killing him. <laughs> well, I think that's that's the the, the point for us. Yeah, so yeah. Nice to know that. That being said, I don't think we need to see any of them have sex for as long as we did. Like, I get that it's Game of Thrones and they're kind of going to do that, but come on, like that was yeah. so it was so long. I was like, oh my god, the scene is just going on and on and on and on. I even had time to make the joke to my dad. I was like. Boy, this got really awkward watching this with you, and he starts laughing. Like, I don't know. It, it just it can get to be too much, you know. So, and I normally like don't care about sex scenes. I normally don't let it like bother me. So yeah, but here it was a bit much. No, I agree. I agree. Uh, you know, I'm I'm like I don't have to have them in something. But I don't usually don't care if they're in something. But these did run a little long. You know, it was also important for us to see or to know that certain characters were having sex in those shots. I think it was important to a point to kind of see uh, Alicent just like not really fucking enjoy sex. You know? Oh um, God, no! Like that was it was important for us as the audience well, could, to see her could, face could, in that shot. Could you enjoy it if you're having to keep your head away, you know, so you don't have pustules bursting in your face and nasty infection falling into your mouth? Yes, but seeing her face and how much she's just in misery because of her father and this and this and this like political tie together. And and like we know that she's not enjoying it. We know that this political intrigue is 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 stressful to her. And and to see her face in that moment shined a light on what we got to see next, which was, you know, her father get the position taken away from him that he has. So that stuff's important. It's important for us to see Damien and her in that whorehouse, or not whorehouse, but pleasure house. So that way we kind of got that context. So that was fine. It didn't bother me. What the part that bothered me about this episode was like, okay, Renera is going to have sex with that guard. That's fine. That's okay. Why did that scene go on for like five fucking minutes long? Like, it was a bit much. I was like, "Is this fucking softcore porn that we're watching now?" It's like fucking Cinemax all of a sudden. It just it was it just went on and on. I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna sit here and watch these two have sex for a minute." I guess here we go. So that's that's my only real issue with the sex scenes. But um, other than that, it was fine. Because that's the thing about Game of Thrones, uh, uh, you know, like if it's in a book, you know, you get the the you get the narrator telling you how they feel, 
if it's a if it's a character narrator. Um, but in 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 TV, you have to show that through their face, through the actor's e- emotion. And as gross as it was for uh, uh, the king to like just be on top of her grinding, and we see like that grossness. It was also it was just as important to know that Alicent was just miserable. Yeah, so. she was absolutely miserable. But um yeah, I don't know. There's I mean, there's not much else to talk about with this episode. It was mostly like within the family. There wasn't too much outside of the family. We didn't see like that um I don't remember what family that kid was from, but he fucking ran that other guy right through. And I think the other guy was a Baratheon, if I'm not mistaken. I don't know, but yeah, uh, the scene you're referring to uh, with the uh, multiple suitors, he was maybe a 13-year-old kid, and he was of the first men, uh, whatever family that was. I don't know. My Game of Thrones lore is not that well-versed. I've only watched the show once. Uh, but the other guy was, you know, just making fun of him, and he just disemboweled the dude right there, let him have it. It was great. Yeah. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I just... Because to me, that's what made Game of Thrones so much fun was the, uh, the, the, the political intrigue within the families. Like, that, to me, was more entertaining than most of the stuff that we got to see. So the fact that that was what this episode was, was, was just a nice change of pace, if you will. Like I just, yeah, I, yeah. I enjoyed it more than the past episodes. And if that's the case, if this show is going to keep building to like be better and better and better, that's great. Uh, you know, like something we've talked about online, the, the problem with watching house of the dragon is that we know what, what happens 200 years from now. And the, the, the fact that part of that ending is so lame uh, sours anything Game of Thrones comes out with, unfortunately. Um, so there's always that in the back of our mind. So if this show can become its own thing and become its own story that doesn't really tie into what happens in Game of Thrones necessarily, then great. Then I'm all for it. But as of right now, it's still, it still has that stigma. It needs to, it needs to move past. Yeah. <coughs> so, well, what uh, grade would you give this episode? An A, like a straight up A. It it kept my attention to the whole thing, and and I wasn't distracted or wanting to look at my phone. So, and really, that's my bar- bar- barometer of like whether it's good or not. So, nice. I really enjoy the performances by everybody. Um, one of my issues going into this show is that a lot of the side characters that we've dealt with in past episodes are just kind of stiff. But all the all the main family members um, are not stiff. They're great. And so when, when you let them shine, the show fucking it, it benefits from that. So Yeah, yeah. What about you? I'll give it an A as well. Um, I thought it was a very strong episode. Um, I enjoyed this much more than 
the prior episode. The prior episode, I was just really upset with just how I never realized that's how a royal hunt actually went. Yeah, there's a lot of pageantry and spectacle and everything, but I never realized that they just hunted it down and then the fucking king rides up and here, hit it right here and you'll kill it. We've got it. You know, you know why like, they oh. used to you know why they used to do that in, in like actual medieval times and whatnot when kings and queens were a thing? Mm, why is that? Because it was always dangerous to go on a hunt. You never knew what the animal was going to do. Well, um, yeah, yeah. However, it was based on, um, uh, what do you call that? Um, when God determines who's king or queen, uh, divine, God. divine. It was it was divine to uh you know for whoever was sitting on the throne and if you wanted you know forgiveness from any gods for anything um or didn't want to piss off the gods you let the one who it you know who the god chose like that's that was the entire basis and reason behind it um as for this show what it's doing i can't say whether that's the case or not considering that Everything that we know of the Targaryens, like they took control of the kingdom via their dragons. Yeah. Like, like not centuries ago, but a long time before the show starts. Yeah. And, uh, and then even after that, like from Game of Thrones, we know that Robert Baratheon killed the Mad King and took the throne. So that wasn't by divine intervention either, even though they probably would have said something in lieu of that, but. Um, I was I was reading a thing that that George R. R. Martin was talking about in the first season of Game of Thrones when Robert Baratheon goes on his hunt. It was just who was it? Him, Ned Stark, and like two other guys, and they go on this hunt, and then he brings this kill back. Um, you know, I was. Uh, he said he really wanted to show the pageantry and spectacle of an actual royal hunt back then, but in the first season, they didn't have the fucking budget for it. Their budget was like $6 million uh, per episode, and they didn't have anywhere near, I think they got, what, $30 million an episode for this show or something like that, or wow. 20 plus million an episode. So they have much more budget to work with and that's why they were finally able to portray a historically accurate version of a royal hunt and well, see that's... growing up i always had this idea of it's like oh you know king goes out and does this and they prove that their prowess and then now it's just like i was believing a lie my whole life well like th and that's exactly why like uh Think of like what the lower class serfs and peasants would have heard when Robert Baratheon was ran through by a boar. Like, yeah. what would they have heard? So, um, you know, if Robert dies, they're just you know, you just go, okay, everybody. So, King Robert has passed away from you know, something that was out of everyone's control, something that everyone could potentially die from. Um, and, uh, hey, his son's going to be king. So, yay, let's celebrate that. And you just kind of go with it, like, from that perspective. Uh, because you tell everyone, hey, your king did this. So, like, yeah, when kings would come back, everyone was told, hey, um, 
the king's a fucking god. Like he killed this he killed this boar by himself. And uh, so that's why you've heard that growing up. That's why that was always a thing growing up for you. But um, I don't know. Uh, it is interesting. It is interesting how we get that kind of in our heads growing up and whatnot, right? Yeah, and it's not even something that you think about, you know, regularly at all. It's just like, well, that's not anything how I imagined that this was always like. And it's it's it, it's weird. It's weird. But the episode itself, you know, I thought it was well done. Give it an A. The acting is stellar across the board throughout the main uh, cast for the uh, that w- was focused on. Uh, really enjoyed it. I'm, in, I'm curious to see how this plays out. Uh, but yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to the next episode, and you know, uh, I look forward to House of the Dragon in different ways than I look forward to the Rings of Power. You know, entirely different reasons because I'm I'm at the point now where I'm seeking something different from both of them, even though they're both prequels to stories that end in a way I already know how they end. They're both giving me something different. And that's what I'm enjoying. Yeah, um, I, I think you're not wrong in that. Um, I, I just think that, like, when it comes down to fantasy, take me for example. I'm not like the world's biggest fan of fantasy. I enjoy it. I'm not against it. I'll watch it. I'll play it. Whatever. Uh, but like, you give me a choice between sci-fi and fantasy, and I'm gonna go sci-fi every time. Mm-hmm. Um, so for fantasy, you really got to like, you got to do something real special to keep me there. And yeah. the past three episodes of the house of the dragon weren't doing it. Like I was paying enough attention to know what the fuck was going on, but it just wasn't as good. Whereas, you know, rings of power, every episode has kept me there. Every yeah. episode I'm like, I'm, I'm with it. Um, so I don't know. And, and it could be that, you know, like I said earlier, it could be the entire reason that, uh, not uh, being a fan of the ending of the original series, knowing not, where it goes. That's what's so funny. It's not that I'm not a fan. It's just it's because, like I said this before when we talked about it, I believe on the podcast. I'm not one of the big haters of the ending of the original Game of Thrones. No, me neither. Because I saw where the story was going. Whereas others didn't. the The problem that I have with it, though, is that um, it was rushed. They could, they could have taken a little more time. So, I, I need to go back and rewatch that series, and you know, revisit it again now that it's done and it's been three done for a little over three years now, and had time to ruminate on it and like to reexamine it now. Well, because yeah, you you and I have talked about how um, I had to wait. Like I watched all of season one in one lump. Like I think I caught up. I was I was one through nine. I caught up and then went to my buddy Andy's house, and because him and his wife were telling me to watch it, and then we watched episode ten at his house, and I was like, "This show is amazing. This show is great." So that was the only binging I ever had ever done of Game of Thrones. And going week to week to week to week, season to season, 
um, over the course of years, you know, you have a lot of time to, to think about what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I remember telling people like Daenerys is a hero in the sense that she is freeing people that we deem that would need to be freed. But if you look at it from the other perspective, she's a tyrant. Absolutely. And the more, like when she came to Westeros, she became more and more of a tyrant. Like she was slowly getting to that route. So, and I, I point this out because in season six, when she gets to Westeros, or it might have been seven, but we start to see that a little bit. And then season eight, she went from like, like let's say here's the here's the scale of tyrant, right? Here's tyrant. She's like here, and then suddenly in season eight, she's here. Like that's the problem. And a lot of people didn't see that jump, like I did, but um. You know, some people did. You did. Like we talked about, it. you saw it coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and it I, was it was apparent. Yeah, it was very apparent. Like they kept mentioning the fucking Mad King over and over and over to let us know, hey, that's her path. Um, it was a lot of foreshadowing on a ton of stuff throughout the show. The problem is, is that when you foreshadow things for fucking six, seven years, and then just kind of do it in one. <laughs> It's like it's not as good. It doesn't feel as satisfying. <laughs> there's this, there's an analogy for virginity in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I could hear you immediately start giggling after I said that, and I was like, "Yeah, that sounds the same." <laughs> but, that's, right. but that's my point. That's my point about the House of the Dragon is it has to overcome that stigma, right? Yeah. It has to become its own thing. It has to make us as the audience. Because it is attached to Game of Thrones, it has to make us forget about season eight to enjoy this show. And that is a tall fucking order. So, and I feel like this episode was the first time since we started watching it that it felt like it was properly going down the right path of making me forget about season eight. So that's, I just want to clarify that for you and for the audience. Like, that's what I mean by that. And when I compare it to Lord of the Rings, I, it's just because they're both fantasy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. if there was another superhero comedy show going on right now, I'd com- I'd, I'd sort of compare it to, to She-Hulk. Yeah. Speaking of, She-Hulk episode number five, Mean Green and Straight Poured Into These Jeans. Is that the name of the episode? That's the name of the episode. Wow. I did not catch that. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this this episode sees Titania. Uh, she has trademarked the name She-Hulk for a new line of beauty products uh, and clothing, uh, apparently, which angers uh, Jennifer very much. Her boss, Holloway, warns her that she needs to deal with the situation quickly and assigns Mallory Book as her attorney for the case. Nikki and Pug come up with a plan to acquire a superhero outfit for, it wasn't a superhero outfit, superhero clothing for Jen from Luke Jacobson, a highly exclusive tailor, while Book and Jennifer decide to countersue Titania in hopes of regaining the She-Hulk trademark uh, by establishing that 
uh, Jennifer had a pattern of using She-Hulk as her identity in uh, in precedence to the trademark being filed. <clears throat> Walters, uh, I don't know why they use her last name. Jen is annoyed to discover that Todd, one of her unsuccessful dates, is also a client at her firm. But this helps her to realize that she can use her dating app history to establish a past record of her identifying as She-Hulk before Titania ever began the trademark. Thanks to her past date's testimonies, Jen wins the case, and she establishes a tentative friendship with Mallory Book. She later acquires her new custom customized outfits from Jacobson, who, in that scene, we see the Daredevil helmet. Which was exciting. Uh, but, yellow Daredevil helmet, too. Yeah. Classic comic book Daredevil. Um, it's really funny to me because this this episode didn't have a post-credits scene. Like yeah, I know. I know. Um, but I think that's because they really wanted to, to cement on that Daredevil reveal. Yeah, or, I agree. Yeah. Uh, other than that, the episode was fine. I think this might, to me, have been the weaker of the episodes so far. Yeah. yeah. Less funny? It wasn't as funny. Well, I was watching it, and Misty, the first thing she said at the end of the episode, she's like, well, the most exciting thing about that was the Daredevil tease. And I was like, you're not wrong. It wasn't bad. Like, it was, it was, a, it was an enjoyable episode to me. But... Like the past four episodes were just like funny. It had a lot more comedy, uh, but that's okay. You know, not every She-Hulk comic was funny. No, uh, but yeah, it's like you said, this wasn't a bad episode. It, it served its purpose. It establishes the rivalry uh, that will essentially grow between She-Hulk and Titania. Uh, hopefully we actually get to see them throw the fuck down. Because Titania has always been one of my favorite, uh, you know, always antagonists. She's, yeah. she's been one of my favorite female antagonists uh, ever since yeah. Secret Wars back in 1984 and five. <clears throat> she's she's not a villain in the term villain, but she is a constant thorn in fucking she and in, in, in Jennifer's side. Mm -hmm. Also, on a side note, you can apparently buy. Um, oh no, not yet. People want the Avenger shirt. Oh, that's funny. Which it doesn't surprise me because I think I looked at my dad and I was like, well, Disney's probably going to start selling Avenger shirts. That would not surprise me in the least. No, not even a little bit. Uh, but yeah, um, it was it was it was fun. It was definitely fun. Uh, like if I had to give the episode a grade, a B. Yeah, I agree. I give it a B, but it's not bad. It's just not as funny or amusing as the first four episodes have been. Right, because nothing stand, nothing stands out like extra, the only extra. thing. The only thing that stood out was that tease of the Daredevil uh, costume. Yeah. yeah, and that was literally the last five seconds of the fucking episode. Yeah. Uh. I do really like um, it's Jamila, I think her name is, as uh, Titania. Mm -hmm. 
uh she is she's great as titania because like that's that's the thing you have to know about titania from the comics she wasn't like i don't remember how she got her powers in at all but in the comics she was actually given given her her powers by dr doom in the secret wars he created her essentially oh wow okay how are they going to do that how are they going to write that in for the show huh anyway uh i don't want to get too distracted on that thought um it might not matter really but uh yeah she's 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 definitely always tried to be a fashionista um at least as far as i remember uh so having her in the show as that is is or to the extent of what they're doing is is fun a lot of fun um no complaints on that department but uh but yeah um I'm just thinking back to the whole episode and it's just it was it was good. It wasn't great. It wasn't it wasn't hilarious. I did find it funny that Jennifer was like, Yeah, I'll humiliate myself to win this case. Like that was that's definitely in Jennifer's kind of purview. Like she would do that sort of thing just just to get that win. But yeah. I, like I said before, too, I really, really, really hope that Matt's appearance in this show isn't just like some weird one-off where, because they're, they're, they've been talking about it consistently. He's in, He was in the mid-season trailer because that was the thing is uh, Disney had their big D3 uh, event this last weekend, mm-hmm. and they showed off a mid-season trailer for She-Hulk, and there's a whole thing with Matt Murdock at a bar with Jennifer. Yeah. She's not in She-Hulk form. Um, so I really, really hope that this, that when Matt shows up proper in the show, there is a court case between them. That Jennifer is defending some fucking villain that Matt's prosecuting. That would be great. Yeah. 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 Like, I, I don't know who. Maybe that's how they reveal uh, that that um, uh, the leaders in, is is in the MCU now because that was one of the big things they revealed at D D twenty three as well. I don't know, but I, I I I'm really enjoying the show. It's just this was this was definitely like a mid season week episode. <laughs> yeah, and there's it's the halfway point. We've got four more episodes. Yep. So hopefully we get a. Uh, we get a lot more Matt Murdock. Hopefully it's not just one episode appearance. You know, hopefully he's in all four of the last episodes. I hope, I don't want him. Or at least, or at least two or three. I hope he's in the last two and the last two are like a little bit longer. And like the first episode is her running into, to daredevil. And then, um, them doing like this thing. Cause there's a shot in the, in that trailer where they're, they are in costume. On a rooftop. No, no, no. It's actually in a different location. But she looks at the camera like it looks like they're looking for clues or something. And she looks at the camera and she's like, you know, he's kind of doing it for me. Um, the setting that they that they're standing in does not look like the rooftop or any place we've seen so far. Oh, well, I haven't the seen other thing that is one. the other thing is we know that that uh, uh Blonsky is in an episode coming up, but he's sitting at like it looks like he's at a farmhouse or some shit, just sitting on like a rocking chair. 
So well, it's you know, it's the it's the ranch property that his seven soulmates purchased for him. Yeah, but why is he in the episode? Like, what's the purpose? Like, what is is, is she just checking up on him? Like, we need to know. So that's like, there's there's a lot that I saw in those in that mid season trailer for the last four episodes, and I really do think that Matt's in the last two. I, I mean, hell, that out. he might be in the next episode and then shows up in the last episode as like the prosecutor or the prosecutor, whatever. So maybe that's the whole thing is that her working for um, this, this law firm, you know, she is, she is defending villains. She's defending people who've done something bad. Um, and, and Matt's like, maybe don't do that. You know, maybe help the good guys. I don't know. We'll see. It could, there's a lot that the show could go, a lot of directions, but as long as it remains funny, that's the important part to me. But yeah, any other thoughts on She-Hulk before we end it? Um, no, no. You know, enjoyable episode. Just, you know, not as much as the prior ones, like you said. And But it's uh, setting up what's to come. I'm looking forward to it. You yep. know, really enjoying the show. The show's solid. All right, guys, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, next week, it's uh, Rings of Power Episode 4, House of Dragon Episode 5, and She-Hulk Episode 6. And uh, Andor. Next week? <clears throat> next week. It comes out Wednesday. All right. I thought it was the 23rd. 24, 21st. Wait, what? Hold on. Yeah. Indoor Are you drops. sure? I thought we had another. I thought we had some more time. Oh, Andor drops Wednesday. Oh my God. Okay, yeah, the first three episodes of Andor on. I need to write that in my notes right now. Jeez Louise. Um, at least it's fucking Wednesday and not Thursday, like She Hulk. Yeah. But yeah, we got okay. We got episode one, two, and three of uh of uh, Andor. God, we got four things to review next week. Jeez Louise. That's the thing, though, is that we're gonna have four things for a minute. Yeah, <clears throat> for like a few, like at least until the end of She Hulk, and I don't know how long Reigns of Power and House of Dragons gonna go. So, yeah, um, so for at least until mid October, if not the end of October. Hachi machi. Well, there you go. Um, I'm just kind of clearing up my notes here because I like to keep notes for the show. Uh, but yeah, so so yeah. Rings of Power, House of Dragon, She-Hulk, Andor. Watch those. Join us next week. Uh, make sure you follow all the socials listed below. That's where you'll find us. or, or uh, That's what we'll let you know if we add anything to the show. With the current roster, not going to happen. Just letting you know now. But if, if anything changes, that's what, that's what you'll, you'll learn. Is on our Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever. Uh, make sure that uh, you check out the Springs. The, the, check out the Teespring store. Uh, that's where you'll be able to get a merch for our podcast specifically. Um, if you, you know, it's fall's coming up. Winter's going to come up after that. That's how the seasons work. I don't know if you knew that. Um, I don't know why I'm describing how seasons work to our listeners. Jesus Christ. Um, but you can get some warm clothing at the Teespring store with our faces on it. And all the, all the proceeds go right into making the podcast as good as it can possibly be. Um, if you want to check out the live video of today's episode, uh, check out our YouTube channel. Um, I also have a few solo reviews up there, but I really haven't been doing those. Um, I probably should, but I can't say that every week. 
Um, if you're looking for more podcasts to listen to, whether it's on your commute or if you're able to listen to podcasts at work, <clears throat> check out the Nirvana Network. There's tons of fucking shows over there with great people talking about all sorts of stuff that range from the nerdy to the to the geeky to the to the whatever. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's also where to find our podcast if you're not already listening on whatever service you want. But that's the the, the Nerdvana Network. Uh, that is it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile. It's linked to my Twitter, my Instagram. Uh, you know, so it's just a one-stop shop for everything that I'm up to if you want to check that out. And where can people find you, Greg? Uh, Rock Geek on all socials. Um, and uh, I think very soon here, uh, I'm going to start streaming uh, Jackbox again on Friday nights. Um, or Saturday nights. It was Saturday that we did it. Um, the only issue with streaming on Saturday nights is I get off work at 5. I come home. I probably want to get something to eat. So I'm thinking like 6 p.m. my time, which is 9 p.m. your time. And stream for like maybe three hours. You know, play, play that's a little not a, It's not a problem for me. Yeah, that's... But yeah, so so uh, yeah, 6 to 9 Pacific time on Saturdays. Um. You know, if anything changes with that, I'll let you know. But as of right now, I'm thinking about doing that because uh, Jackbox Party Pack 9 is coming out very soon. And I'd love to get some people to play that. Um, but uh, but yeah, other than that, um, thank you guys so much for listening. We uh, we love that you're here and that you enjoy listening to us talk about what we enjoyed and didn't enjoy about these shows. Um, always remember, fuck the GOP, fuck the NRA, donate and help where you can. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody.